Welcome to the Naked Truth. Peace to you. We're going to pick up where we left off with the book of Numbers. That's the fourth book in the Bible, in the Old Testament as we call it. And we're at chapter 2. We're going to begin with verse 1. And we'll probably get through it pretty quickly because, like the previous chapter, it's one of the chapters that basically just lists off names of the people involved in the narrative. Not really going into details as far as the, excuse me, the tenets of belief of the people at the time. So, um, as always, forgive me if I mispronounce any any of the names. And for the most part, we'll just read through when we run into those um, lists of names, if there are any here, and um, any repetitive details. Um, and like I said, this is the Old Testament, so uh, it's our Monday, Wednesday readings where we focus on the rest of the Bible. But as a Christian, we focus on the things Jesus has to say because it turns out what Jesus has to say isn't the whole Bible. It's only a tenth of the whole Bible. And we focus on those readings, the red letter readings, on our Saturday readings. Um, and so just so you understand, there's the difference, just in case this is your first time reading with me. Um, the things Jesus has to say are only a tenth or a tithe of the entire Bible. Um, so that's why we focus on those first Christians on our Saturday nights. Um, but the rest of the Bible... That's other religions, other entities being identified as God. But they also can serve the purpose of letting us know as Christians why it is we should focus on what Jesus has to say. Why else would you give anyone else that authority? So anyway, with all that being said, let's begin Numbers chapter 2, verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, and just in case it's your first time reading with me, compare that to the book of John in the New Testament, the fourth book in the New Testament, the very beginning of that book, chapter 1. And you'll see how that contradicts this in saying that no one's ever um, heard God or seen God. And yet you have here it's saying that the Lord... Uh, which can be translated back to because Lord is in English, but if you look at the other trans at the language languages these were translated from, sometimes it's Jehovah, sometimes it's other names. Um, so the, who's being called Lord just depends on where you're at in the narrative. At this point, Lord is um, being translated from the word Jehovah. Um, but um, in other places, it's not. Moses and Aaron are the brothers who are sort of the human emissaries of uh, of the Lord, who give out the people the orders, along with uh, a laundry list of forefathers who have taken over the religious duties with Moses' approval without consulting God first, by the way, uh, at least according to the narrative. His father-in-law told him to include other people to help with the burden of managing the people. And without any consultation with God, um, Moses does that. And so I think that's where the introduction of the dogma and the the religion as a business steps in. Because that's where all the, that's after that, that's when all the rules and regulations, statutes and ordinances step in. That the priests themselves aren't necessarily subject to, but the people are. Uh, so it's that same Moses, the Ten Commandments, Moses and Aaron, his brother, who are being referred to here. Verse 2, every one of the children of Israel shall camp by his own standard beside the emblems of his father's house. They shall camp some distance from the tabernacle meeting. So now it's talking about these different emblems and standards as far as if you think um, a coat of arms like you would think in uh, old English type things or, you know, the Irish and 
all around the world, different countries, or flags. That's what you could think of it as. That's what their standards are. That's how they're being divided to represent each house um, of the same family of people, the Israelites, but their own denominations, as it were. Um, and now it's giving out where they should be camped around the tabernacle meeting, the holy place that's set apart from everyone to sort of encamp around it and protect it. Verse 3, on the east side toward the rising of the sun, those are the standard of the forces with Judah shall camp around according, shall camp according to their armies and Nashon, the son of Amenadab, shall be the leader of the children of Judah. So we went through how the leaders were chosen in the previous chapter, chapter 1 of the book of Numbers. So that's who it's referring to here and the family that's there verse and where their location is um and one other thing about the family of judah that's the forefather to the king david um the same david and goliath david but also uh, listed in as part of jesus's genealogy it's also considered to be the king line or sort of the governmental line the line of people who are going to rule over the people it's that bloodline that um judah is Verse 4, and his army was numbered at 74,600. And we went through the census in the previous chapter. Those who camped next to him shall be the tribe of Issachar, and Nathaniel, the son of Zuar, shall be the leader of the children of Issachar. And his army was numbered 50, at 54,400. So we're just going to keep reading through these because these are the same names and numbers that we went through. I guess that's why it's called numbers in chapter 1. Then comes the tribe of Zebulun, and Eliab, the son of Helon, shall be the leader of the children of Zebulun, and his army was numbered at 57,400. All who were numbered according to their armies of the forces with Judah were Judah 186,400. These shall break camp first. So it seems when it's saying break camp, it's talking about, as far as I understand it, when they move through the wilderness toward the so-called promised land, the holy land, what we call in modern terms uh, Israel or Palestine, that holy land. So the people have been delivered from enslavement in Africa and they're on the move toward the promised land, uh, that holy land, And but they're camping along the way. And according to the narrative, they're being guided divinely by the Lord in a pillar of cloud by day to give them comfort from the sun and being guided at night by the same Lord and a pillar of fire um, so that they can travel day and night. And whenever the pillar would move, that's when they would move. Um, so that's what it's talking about, breaking camp. The And the Levites, the religious uh, lineage of the children of Israel, are the ones who break down all the religious things, the tabernacle and all its articles. And the people who are going to break camp first are the ones we just named off, the people of Judah and the other two tribes. Verse 10, on the south side shall be the standard of, force, of the forces with Reuben, according to their armies, and the leader of the children of Reuben shall be Eliezer, the son of Shadur. And his army was numbered at 46,500. Those who camp next to him shall be the tribe of Simeon, and the leader of the children of Simeon shall be Shalumiel, the son of Zerushadeh. And his army was numbered at 59,300. Then comes the tribe of Gad, and the leader of the children of Gad shall be Eliasaph, the son of Reuel. Um, it's, it's interesting they say Reuel here because 
Reuel is the same name of Moses' father-in-law. In one place it says, but in another place he's called um, Jethro. And yet they're both called Moses' father-in-law. So either Moses had more than one spouse or something. I'm not sure. But this Reuel is also named Deuel um, um, in other parts of this same book. So make sense of it how best you can. Verse 15, and his army was numbered at 45,650. And by the way, Moses was married to an Ethiopian woman, if I remember right, an African woman. Just so you understand, all these people, probably very few of these people are blonde and blue, regardless of what your church may tell you. And not that it makes a difference to me, shouldn't make a difference to you, other than the fact that you have to realize or should realize Things get whitewashed, especially by religion and even and also by government to make you believe everyone is heroic and a certain way and paint a picture of people when that's not actually not actually the way the people appeared at all. Because remember, all these things, these events are happening in Africa, North Africa and the Middle East. So how likely are you to run into people pre-colonization, especially that are walking around with blonde hair and blue eyes and pale skin? Things like that couldn't even survive those kinds of um, climates uh, in reality. And yet, churches will have you believe something else altogether. Just as a side note. Verse 16, all who were numbered according to their armies of the forces of Reuben, 151,450. They shall be the second to break camp. So when they break camp, that's how they move. The other tribe moves, group of tribes moves first. This group of tribes moves second. Um, verse 17, and the tabernacle of meeting shall move out with the camp of the Levites in the middle of the camps. As they camp, so they shall move out. Everyone in his place by their standards. So those other camps on the east and the south move first. Then the religious camp, the Levites, moves out after them to be sandwiched between the other camps, presumably for safety's sake. Verse 18, on the west side shall be the standard of the forces with Ephraim according to their armies, and the leader of the children of Ephraim shall be Elishma the son of Amihud. So again, they're on the move, just so you keep it in mind, keep that in mind. They're on their way out of Africa, moving sort of north and east toward the promised land, the holy land. And that's why it's being listed off that way. Verse 19, and his army was numbered at 40,000, at 40,500. And his army was numbered at 40,500. Next to him comes the tribe of Manasseh, and the leader of the children of Manasseh shall be Gamaliel, the son of Pedazor. And his army was numbered at 32,200. Then comes the tribe of Benjamin, and the leader of the children of Benjamin shall be Abidan, the son of Gideonai. And his army was numbered at 35,400. All who were numbered according to their armies of the forces with Ephraim, 108,100. They shall be the third to break camp. The standard of the forces with Dan shall be on the north side according to their armies, and the leader of the children of Dan shall be Ahiezer, the son of Amishadeh, and his army was numbered at 62,700. Those who camp next to him shall be the tribe of Asher, and the leader of the children of Asher shall be Pagiel, the son of Okran, 
and his army was numbered at 41,500. Then comes the tribe of Naphtali, and the leader of the children of Naphtali shall be Ahira the son of Enan, and his army was numbered at 53,400. All who were numbered of the forces with Dan, 157,600. They shall break camp last with their standards. So they'll be on the tail end of the camps that are moving through the wilderness. These are the ones who are numbered of the children of Israel by their father's houses. All who are numbered according to their armies of the forces were 603,550. So again, that's just the men that are counted and only men of a certain age are counted. Um, and the women are sort of an afterthought. But it lets you know, even if only half of them were married, that's 900,000 people. And then if, 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 those, if those half were married with one child, that's well over a million people. And if they had more than one child, you're talking to at least uh, a million and a half people. So it's a whole lot of people on the move. Verse 33, but the Levites were not numbered among, and that's not even counting the Levites. The Levites were not numbered among the children of Israel, just as the Lord commanded Moses. The Levites are the religious order of the tribes, and they don't get counted in the census. Um, uh, and they also aren't subject to the different rules and regulations that they also set up for the people. It says by the Lord, although, like I said, when Moses was given the Ten Commandments, it says they were set on two stone tablets, all those different statues of what you can eat, what you can touch, what you can't touch, how you should clean, how you should bathe, how you should shave. It seems unlikely all of those things could have been etched on stone um, by Moses. Um, even though he was gone for 40 days each time, um, it doesn't seem likely that all those different statues were set up at that time. Almost certainly they came later with the forefathers as they established the religious laws and law enforcement for the people. Again, not for themselves, but for the people. Uh, verse 34, Thus the children of Israel did according to all that the Lord commanded Moses. So they camped by their standards, and so they broke camp, each one by his family, according to their father's houses. So they're, it's saying that they're being faithful to the commands given to them by Moses and Aaron as they moved through the wilderness toward the promised land. Um, and that's actually the end of this chapter. So that'll be the end of this reading. As always, thank you for checking it out with me. Hope it's a blessing for you. If you're interested in past readings, you can hear them here on Anchor and Spotify um, and other platforms while they last. Or if you're an adult, you can go to my website, hungtgirl.com, and check out the readings of The Naked Truth there. They're specifically on the spirit and soul pages. You can get to them through those links. But you can see how I integrate um, the red letter beliefs and teachings into the rest of my life with the rest of the links, body, mind, spirit, and soul. Um, you can get a subscription, make a donation, or just enjoy the free content Clicking on the pictures, they're actually free videos uh, throughout the site. And I hope you'll join me again. Like I said, we go over Old Testament non-red letter readings on our Monday and Wednesday readings. And save the red letters, the things Jesus had to say for our Saturday readings. Um, meantime, stay safe and thanks again. God bless you and I'll see you next time. Peace be with you.